Well, this morning we'll uh, take up a study once again, and it'll be a little bit in the nature that we have been for a few weeks. Sometimes we have a particular scripture that we focus on. Sometimes we have a particular subject that we focus on, and, and, and I love doing that. But more recently, we've just kind of been talking some about God. And uh, is he good? Is he not good? Who's qualified to make a decision and what perspective we look at it and everything? So that's not my title this morning, but I still like to talk about God. I mean, that's a subject after all, right? <laughs> so I'd like to talk about God honestly and openly. The religious world... says that they are all giving God honor and glory. And I ask you, are they? I listened to three different people this morning on television, bits and pieces of it, as I was getting ready. But they all say they're giving honor and glory to the Lord. Are they? I'm not asking what they think they're doing, but are they? Are we here at this body giving the Lord honor and glory? Are you giving the Lord honor and glory? And it is a, a very important subject, and, and, and uh, we can uh, immediately say, well, well, yes. But let me ask it this way. Again, Openly, honestly, why should we give him honor and glory? You say, well, that's a foolish question. Well, maybe it is. But why should we give him honor and glory? You say, well, just because. Growing up as a child, I never liked that answer. <laughs> I would ask mom or dad or something, uh, can I do this or something? And uh, they may say no. Now, I didn't do this very often, of course, but I'd say, why? Never with Dad. With Mom, you know, I, I, I knew about how far I could push her. And uh, I'd say, why? And, you know, she may have a good reason. Sometimes she might not have a good reason, and I'd say, why again? And why again? And the answer would come back, just because, that's why. I never liked that as an answer, and uh, uh, maybe that's all the answer I deserve, of course. But why should we give God honor and glory? Well, just because. I'm not satisfied with that answer, and you shouldn't be either. Just because. And uh, I'm going to read one scripture. You, you can, can turn or not turn. In, in uh, 1 Timothy 1.17, just read one scripture there. It says, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever. Amen. So now to this God, be honor and glory. So again, this tells us that. We read a scripture that says, to him be honor and glory. But I'm going to go back to my childhood again. Why? Why? Why give him honor and glory? 
I can listen to the religious world, as I did some this morning, but through the years I can listen to them, talk to them, and they really don't give me much reason why I should honor God. If I listen to, if I listen to what they're saying, now they may have... Uh, Titles and highlights, maybe, of their outlines and stuff and, and about honoring God and everything. But listening to what they say, they really don't give me reason to honor God. They don't give me reason to give him honor and glory. They give me reason to honor man. But they really don't give reason to honor God. Other than just, well, yeah, we're honoring God. And that's what you do. But they really don't give me reason. If you look at it, it's not a convincing reason to honor God, what they tell me. Now, they give God some honor in creation. And, and let me just... in, in uh, First chapter of the book of John, let me just read that, uh, very uh, familiar and everything. And, and let me say that most of the religious world, all of it that I'm aware of, gives him some honor for creation. Let's just read a little on creation here. John 1, and uh, we'll read the first three verses. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So they... They honor him somewhat for the, uh, the heavens and the earth and the animals and the plants and, and things like that. So they give him some honor for that, for this creation. But they really don't give him honor for creating man. We say, well, yes, they do. They'll give him credit for creating man. But they don't give him honor. You say, what's the difference? And now, let me repeat it again. They'll give him credit for creating man. But they don't give him honor and glory in that. You say, well, what do you mean? I, uh, let me give a little earthly example. Again, it seems like I can never find good examples, so I'll uh, give you a an example, okay. So, about 25 years ago, I built a building, and the largest building I built, is, I think, is like 80 by 80, and up to the peak, it was like almost 30 feet tall. And it's kind of set up on the hill, and people saw it, it was, as I was building it and everything. And even the trusses, these huge trusses, built them out of uh, 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 scratch from rough sawn lumber and everything. And... Uh, Got a lot of uh, compliments. And for our lesson's sake, let me say honor, okay? Just, just for our lesson's sake. Let's say I got a lot of 
honor for building that building. Uh, so I built that building, and I think it's been again about 25 years ago, and thoughts, well, I hope it'll last 100 years or 150 years or something like that. And again, people gave me credit, I say, or, or some compliments and things like that. What if, and I had this in the back of my mind, actually. <laughs> what if the first big snow, that that building just collapsed? That those trusses that I made didn't hold up, and it all just collapsed? Would they give me honor? They'd give me credit for building the building, but if it collapsed, <laughs> there'd be no honor. So, yeah, he built that building. And then it collapsed. Probably a lot of people say, yeah, he, he built that building. You can see what it is. So, but there's no honor. Give me credit for building it, but no honor for building it. It just it is a failure. So think of that for a moment. Uh, if it fell during the first heavy snow, wouldn't be any honor. It'd be credit and blame for failure in that building. So why do I say that? I think that's a good comparison to the religious world today and what they tell us. They tell me God created man, and he had no intentions of man falling. Like when I built or created that building, I had no intentions of it falling. And they tell me that about God. He created, God created man. But he had no intentions of man falling. Did man fall? <laughs> man fell. So then, if God's creation of man failed, should I honor him? I could say, yeah, he created man. But something went wrong. He didn't do it right. And man failed. Should it honor him? They tell me that God intended for everyone to go to heaven. Are they? No. So did God fail? Uh, I won't go to it, but a scripture there in 2 Peter talks about uh, his, he doesn't want any of them uh, to perish. Uh, but say any of us, God's long-suffering towards us. So you see who the us is, who it was written to, who the us is, but there's a lot of they's and them's. God's not willing any of us, the ones that that book was written to, not the they's and the them's, 
not willing any of us. And, and I'm, if you heard it on television or radio or read it, I'm sure you've heard it the other way. Or God or Jesus doesn't want anyone to perish. We know people are going to perish. We know there's a lake of fire. And we know people will be there, along with Satan, the false prophet, and all that. But if God created man and didn't want him to fall, and he wants every one of them in heaven, that's what he wants, that's what he desires, but yet they're not going to be there, does he deserve honor and glory? I mean, this is what they tell me is the truth. He created man, but he didn't want him to fall. He doesn't, surely he wants all of them to go to heaven. So this is what, this is what they teach. So they, then they t- kind of tell me, God did some thinking then after man fell and everything like that. And he come up with another plan. Now, Mr. Pope and I back there used to work together and, and would have a plan. And maybe that plan wasn't working so well. He'd say, well, what's plan B? Sometimes we'd talk about plan A. Before we got started, he'd say, what's plan B? <laughs> this, this is probably not going to work. So they're saying God didn't want man to fall. God wanted everybody in heaven. But man did fall. So then they said, well, God came up with plan B. He'd come up with this list of commandments and ordinances. Sometimes they tell me, most time they tell me he came up with a list of ten. But if you read it, in fact, one place, I think is in Hezekiah's time, the law, They lost it. They misplaced it. <laughs> As they get older, I can understand that, you know. But anyway, they, they misplaced it. Well, they found it in the temple. And they brought it out. And I think, I, I should have looked it up, but uh, I think they read it for, was it half of a day? It doesn't take half a day to read Ten Commandments. So, ten of the law... But again, 600, 610, 613, I haven't counted them that way. But anyway, they say God come up. So plan B, God come up with this plan. He'll give all these lists of commandments and ordinances and so forth. And all that keeps that will go to heaven. I hear they, this is what they teach. It's what the world teaches. How successful was God's plan B. And how much honor would someone like that, or would a being like that, I shouldn't say someone, but how much honor would a being like that be worthy of? Plan A, that didn't work. Plan B, not at least not 100%, and we'll realize it would be 0%. But then, say, well, okay, well, God come up with plan C, a, a third plan. And uh, 
what that would be was uh, he'd send his son to die on the cross. And everyone who of their own free will believes in him will get to heaven. So now the plan C or something like that. But how successful is that? If, if that were true. Okay, son died on the cross. And everyone of their own free will that believes in that will get to heaven. How successful, if that were true, how successful is that plan? And we don't, I guess, we, since it's not true, but if it was true, uh, how successful would that have been? Again, I want to talk openly and honestly. Not you give honor to God because, just because. So if it was plan C, that God would send his son to die on the cross, all that of her own free will believed, because of that, because of our choices and our belief, we get to heaven. So would he get some honor and glory for that? Well, but would I? If that was, if that was up to me, if that was up to you to believe and choose, wouldn't you be worthy of Equal honor and glory with God at, at least. We should keep our eye on creation. And uh, I want to read that again in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So, is that true? Or should I take my pen knife out and cut that out and throw that part away? No, you don't do that. It's, it's true. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. So in the beginning was God. And we can, if you want to look at the Trinity, that's fine too. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But in the beginning was God. What else was there? Nothing. In the beginning was God. Absolutely everything else that followed, as it says here, all things were made by him. So we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and that's it. Everything else that followed was made by him. And I could probably go in any building with a church on, I'd probably get an amen from that. But it wouldn't last long if you really look at it honestly. So, in our minds, and those by listening by recorded message, I think we'd all be in, uh, in agreement. All things were made by him. Again, in the beginning was God. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the beginning was God. Everything else that came after was made by him. Well, let me ask you this. 
Was there any other creators? I, I want to establish that. I want to really nail this down and be established. In the beginning was God and there was nothing else. Now, I can't comprehend all that, of course. But in the beginning was God, nothing else. So after this, in the beginning, we have other things. How many creators were there? God. No other creators. So everything else that followed was created by the creator, God, the only creator. I, I want to establish that. I want to be firm in that. So then, that being true, and I know that it is, we see Satan deceiving Adam and Eve in the garden. Didn't God create Satan? Where did he come from if he didn't? Was there another creator? God created Satan. You say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. God created an angel, and the angel fell, and which is true. We understand that. But they'll say, well, God didn't intend for Satan or for the angel to fall and be this evil devil. God didn't intend that. So then, that'd be just another one of God's failed plans? And you might think, that's blasphemy. No, it's blasphemy what they're saying. They're saying God created an angel, and the angel fell, but God didn't want him to fall. God didn't want the devil or Satan. God didn't want that. If that's true, God made this angel. And he did fall. He is the devil, Satan, Lucifer, serpent, all those things that we studied a few weeks ago. He is that. So, just another one of God's failures. He got plan A, B, and C. So here, he created this angel, and he fell. Just another of God's, just like I, I hate to say created the building, but for our uh, illustration, I created the building, but if I fail, well, just another mistake or failure on my part. So God created Satan, or God created an angel, and he fell. Just another one of God's failed plans? That's what the world teaches. And our minds, our little minds. Let's, another little illustration if we can. Is it possible that God created this angel to do exactly what he did. Is it possible that God created this angel, created him to fall, created him to, to uh, deceive Adam and Eve in the garden, created him to be this devil, created him to be evil? Is that possible? You say, oh, that's blasphemy. No, I think it's blasphemy if that's not possible, if you teach something else. Give you another example. Uh, Let's say that I was uh, 
traveling out west to Hollywood, which is not really on my bucket list, but let's say that I was, and I went on a movie set, which is not on my bucket list, but let's say I do. So this is a movie set of an old western where they made. And uh, so I go behind the scenes, and I see this room, and here's uh, all kind of bottles and, and all these rows and rows, these old wooden chairs and everything, and uh, uh, oh, maybe the tack for the horses and the saddles and the stuff for the stagecoaches, and I see all that, and been a rough day, so I go over all these rows of chairs lined up here, all identical. I sit down in one of them, and it just crumbles. And I'll say, what did it made those chairs? <laughs> those things didn't do anything. So then, here comes the Duke, John Wayne, and says, now, son, said, uh, listen, the guy that made these chairs, I know him personally. And he'd done a perfect job on this. I said, what do you mean? It fell. He said, it wasn't designed for you to set in. He said, here, here's a scene from one of my movies. You see where I, that guy takes these chairs and hits me across the back and everything? It just breaks all the pieces. Doesn't hurt me a bit. That man done a perfect job making that chair for the purpose that it was created for. So the chair was made... A breakaway chair. And I'm sure you can say the same thing about those whiskey bottles that hit themselves on the head or hit the other guy in the head with. Same thing, probably. So is it possible that God created Satan to perform what he did and God created him exactly for that purpose? He created the angel so he would fall, so he would deceive. So he would be out there and is still out there. Is it possible that that was God's plan? Well, if it was, then God is successful. Honor him for it. Uh, Colossians 1 and... Uh, Colossians 1 and sixteen, Colossians one sixteen. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible invisible, where they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. I think one of these would have to fit Satan, wouldn't it? Dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So if you try to convince me that God didn't create Satan... I'm going to go to this scripture and many others. All things were created by him. There's no other creator. God created him. And I don't believe it was another one of God's failure. I believe he created him for that purpose. And even verse 17. And he is before all things. And by him 
all things exist. Does Satan exist? You better believe he does. Just as much now as he ever did. But he exists because he was created by God for a specific purpose or purposes, if you will. God didn't make a mistake. Uh, in fact, I have a poem here that uh, brother, my last pastor, shared with us, and I've carried this with me for decades. But it says, He maketh no mistake. Now, I know it's a poem, so I'm not taking the scripture, but anyway. My Father's way may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But in my soul, I'm glad I know he maketh no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray. My hopes may fade away. But still I'll trust my Lord to lead for he doth know the way. Though night be dark, and it may seem that day will never break, I'll pin my faith, my all in him, he maketh no mistake. Though so much now I cannot see, my eyesight far too dim, but come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all to him. For by and by the mist will lift. And plain it all he'll make. Through all the way, though dark to me, he maketh not one mistake. So, the people that tell me that uh, they're giving God all the honor and glory, they may say those words. But what they're teaching is just a, a list of failures and mistakes of God. Uh, Isaiah 45. So I want to know, again, I, I guess our sermon might be titled, Does God Deserve Honor and Glory? Or Why Give Him Honor and Glory? I don't want to say just because. I want to know why. Because what I'm taught by the religious world, he doesn't deserve honor and glory. Isaiah uh, 45. And uh, start in verse 5. I am the Lord. There is... None else. There is no God beside me. There's no other creator. These are my words, of course. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord. And there is none else. Now, he's going to tell something about himself. Something about this God. Something that fits no one else. 
He, 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 I think he made it clear. I'm God. There's no one else like me. And I'm going to tell you something about me. He says in verse 7. I form the light. I create darkness. I make peace. And create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Of course he creates evil. Is there another creator? Now, let me... I should take a half an hour to explain that, but I won't take a half an hour. He creates what we label as evil. He creates Satan. Evil. But in God's master plan, he didn't make a mistake. It really is working together for good. So the actuality is not really evil. How we look at it is evil. But irregardless... There's no other creator. There's no other God. Anything that was created in the beginning was God. There was nothing else. All things were created by him and for him. So anything that followed, anything outside of God, he created. And a purpose for it. I may not understand. Like the breakaway chair. <laughs> Until my eyes are open to it, I don't understand why it crumbled under me. But there was a purpose for it. Isaiah, by the way, I heard someone reading this 45th chapter of Isaiah one time. And they wasn't stopping and teaching as they went along. They read verses 1 through 6, and then verse 8, 9, skipped verse 7. They weren't teaching along. They were just reading and just skipped verse 7. Anyway, uh, Isaiah 46 and 10. Uh, well, <clears throat> again, the religious world, <clears throat> what do they do with verse 7? <laughs> Leave it out a lot of times. They say, well, you're making God the bad guy. I'm not making God anything. I'm saying that he deserves all honor and glory, and this is one of the ways. <clears throat> Isaiah 46 and 10 <clears throat> Again, verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. <clears throat> we already established that. Now he's going to tell something else about himself. Declaring the end from the beginning. From ancient time, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So, declaring the end from the beginning. And as we look at the end, we look at Revelation, we see what we think is the end. God declared it from the beginning. We see Satan cast in the lake of fire. God planned that from where? After Satan fell? No. Declaring the end from the beginning. So, from the beginning... God had already declared it was his counsel that Satan would be who he was and cast into the lake of fire. He didn't make a decision after Satan fell from his angelhood, if you will. The decision was made in the beginning. Not come down here, oh gosh, I messed up when I made this angel here because he fell. Well, now I'll come up with plan B and 
I'll put him in the lake of fire. It's not the way it was at all. <clears throat> God created Satan. I, I started to say for a purpose, but for purposes. From the beginning, he declared the end. And from ancient time, things have not yet come to pass. Tomorrow hasn't come to pass. God's declared it. He knew Satan would fall. He knew man would fall. He knew Satan would fall. And uh, he knew that Adam and Eve would be deceived. He said, no, I, I can't believe that. Well, I understand it's hard, it's hard to see. Unless he opens their eyes, we can't see it. Well, how do you, how do you know that back here when he created... Uh, God's plan is complicated as I would look at it. I mean, from the beginning all the way through, it's pretty complicated. Create Satan or an angel and Satan fall? You know, why would he do that? How do you... Why would you make such a statement? I, you might say, I just don't, I can't believe that at all. Well, let me give you something else to think about. We can read where Jesus Christ was as a lamb slain from when? From the foundation of the world, from the beginning. So, did God know? That the, the angel he created was going to fall and going to deceive man, and man would need a savior, and that's why Christ. It didn't take place till a couple thousand years ago, but the the plan was in God's mind or His plan from the beginning. So God, uh, Jesus Christ, was as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Well, what if the angel Satan didn't fall? One of Adam and Eve weren't a seed. He's going to be crucified for no reason. See, God's plan, it just doesn't work the way the world teaches it. He's a sovereign. He's in control of all things. Uh, back to John real quick. John chapter 1. <clears throat> In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended or overcame it not. So there was darkness. There was light. Everything other than God himself, the triune God, everything other than that, he created. Did he do a good job? Or did he fail with the angel, Satan, Lucifer? Did he fail with Adam, Eve? Did he fail with you and I? So, uh, boy, I'd like to change a lot of things about myself or maybe other people. And I understand that. We want growth. But did he make a mistake? Well, I believe that poem that uh, my last pastor shared with me was true. He maketh not one mistake. 
Revelation, uh, well, I guess we're going to have to close here. Revelation uh, 4 and 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So, are we going to cut this out or tear this page out? No. He's worthy to receive all honor and glory. He's created all things. And Rhonda, I don't think he made one mistake. Not with that angel he created that fell. Not with Adam and Eve that he created and fell. And not with you and I. And certainly not with his son, Jesus Christ. We might not and, and, and cannot completely understand everything that comes to pass. But... Think of Romans 8.28 for a moment. I was asked, uh, I think some last week, uh, what's your favorite scripture? Well, I, I can't really answer that. I have some favorite New Testament scriptures, some favorite Old Testament scriptures, but one of my favorite New Testament scriptures is Romans 8.28. For we know that all things work together for good. To them love God, to them are called according to his purpose. How can that be true? If So it says, all things. Work together for good. If we're all free moral agents running loose down here, how could that be true? That all things work together for good? Well, you say, God, what happens if, if somebody does something bad, God turns it around and then and makes it uh, good? Boy, he is really busy then. <laughs> but was it a surprise when Satan fell or when the angel fell? No. Because Christ is already as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Was it a surprise to God when Adam fell? No. Did he have to turn something around? No. It was his plan all along. So, do we have reason to give him honor and glory? What you hear from the world, the answer is no. They don't give me reason to give him honor and glory. They... Give me reason to say, you know, he kind of failed in a lot of areas here. He meant well, but, oh, and boy, here's another one. A lady told me one time, with the best of intentions. She says, honey, it's not God's fault. He wants everyone to be in heaven. Meaning to, and you don't have to defend God either. But it's not God's fault. And I, you may be asking a question a lot of times in your life. Is it God's fault that 9-11 happened? Is it God's fault? Take the word fault out of there but that, because that's implying that it was a, a bad thing or something like that. Is it God's plan? And the answer is yes. Will it work together for good? And the answer is yes. So do I have reason? Do you have reason to give honor and glory to God? I'll close with this scripture. John 17 and 2. This is the prayer of the Son to the Father. 
as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. So our eternal life is a gift from him. It's from him. And yes, we have reason to give him all honor and glory. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.